Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. I guess our intro is not going to play. Well, apparently not. I hit the hit the button and it decided, nope, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> good, good. What a way to kick off. <laughs> We're off to a running start. We're off to a roaring start, aren't we? <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you wow. to our intro for just shitting the bed. I tried it out earlier and it worked fine. Now it's just like, no, nope, yeah. we're live. Through you. No Let's try it one more time. Let's let the people know who we are. Oh, there it goes. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Well, also more false information. It's not Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. It's Nate Bush and Tim Dombrova filling in for Tom Robinson tonight on the show due to Tom Robinson with prior obligations to be at Sixers training camp to tell us all what's going to happen. No, you got that all wrong. My daddy, Tom Robinson, he out working hard to make money for me. Little Tim, little Tom, little Tom Robinson. My daddy don't trust the process. I don't trust the process. My daddy told me not to use curse words, but bloody hell, Markel Fultz, he drive me crazy. He He's useless. What the hell is wrong with 76ers draft picks? Three quarters of them got legs and feet that don't work. One of them got arms that can't lift up in the air. Is somebody in Philadelphia trying to make a robot? <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it's uh it has been a weird couple of years for the seventy sixers to to jump on TR's team uh a little like, bit, but someone's got it like like my, my first thought is like is somebody like trying to do some like heavy duty research into athletic injuries or something and they're just crippling seventy sixers because it's convenient or well, when the Sixers draft healthy wow. players, when the Sixers draft healthy players, they seem to to get hurt. They but get when they hurt. draft the non-healthy players, they have to sit out a year, and then they're fine. So if you're a 76ers <laughs> draft pick, you just have to sit <laughs> out a year. They have a really overzealous medical squad there. That guy comes in with a clean, <laughs> passes his medical, so they bust his leg or something, so they got something to do. Let's. Uh, well, we know this year Zyrie Smith was the draft pick for the 76ers, and he goes down, he gets hurt. Um, I don't know how long he's out. We don't really know 100%. Um, and then <laughs> then this year, last year, the infamous uh, Markel Fultz injury that uh, has been well documented here on Wide Men Can't Jump. If anybody has ever documented the injury, we have documented Unbalanced. Scapulas and all. 
yes, the unbalanced shoulders of Markel Fultz. Uh, we've even made Lynn things he can't do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They got just – you want to talk about bad luck. Like I said, if I was in the draft class of 2019, it would just be no – I will not report to your team. <laughs> the year before was uh, Ben Simmons. Simmons gets drafted, and he goes. <laughs> he doesn't play his first year well, due to injury. And Embiid went down before that. Embiid was hurt, didn't play his first year. So it's that's like, 2015. Maybe there's something in the water there. I don't know. But I'm going to look at 2014. I believe that was the year they took Jaleel Okafor. Um, okay, and he's kind of turned into a hot mess too. So he kind of no, excuse me. They took Embiid in 2014, the 2014 draft. They took Embiid. So the 2015 draft, they took. Let me see. Who they took in 2015. I think that was the year they took Okafor. Okay, I think I had it back. Okay, so that's five. Yeah, that that's was five in a row. They went Okafor that year. Did Okafor get hurt when he when Philly got him? No, but 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 he might as well have because his career has kind of just not went anywhere where anyone thought it was gonna. I mean, he came out of out of college fairly highly regarded and yeah, he was highly never regarded really college. Uh, yeah, never really amounted to much. So you know, he's working on what? I think where did he go today? The Pelicans, this. I believe. Forgot about this Okafor. The Sixers got off to an 0-16 start for the season, and then Okafor got into a street fight in Boston. <laughs> Forgot about that. The, maybe he set the stage. He just didn't. He didn't want to be play, so he got hurt. Got into a fight in Boston, <laughs> and then he was suspended for injured, two so. games. He got suspended for two games. Court, so. And then him know, and Nerlens Noel, and Embiid wasn't playing. Oh God, the Sixers! Is everybody like they get good draft picks and they they draft good players, but then they they get hurt. Or Maybe they, they should. Here's a here's a bit of advice. I don't know who's uh, who who's doing the, uh, the their coach Brett Brown. Did he get all the uh, uh, responsibilities there? Is he the general manager too now, or what's the scoop? Uh, I think he is, as far as I know. All right, like, so, I think he, he's, so he would I, be. Well, regardless, whoever's responsible for drafting in for, for the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put out this piece of advice. Why don't you draft a guy who's hurt already, and maybe it'll work the other way around. Draft well, like a total train wreck. It worked for Embiid. I mean, Embiid was yeah, hurt when they drafted draft like him. When he came back, he draft was great. Like a total train wreck of a guy that nobody would ever touch, and maybe he'll turn into the next LeBron or Jordan or something. Because what well, they're doing they were now do that is this just, year, they would have took Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> what they're doing now is not working. Everybody that they pick gets hurt, and then and then Tr goes on hate field rants on on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> this is not here. I have, to, I have to go talk him back from the edge of going down to the 76ers practice facility or whatever, or tracking down. I I don't know where the coach spends his uh, off season at, but. I'm quite sure that uh, Thomas might have a hit out on them by now. <laughs> he might. Uh, here's here's TR's uh, response. Sure, take Mikael Bridges. It fits too well. I'd rather gamble 
on Zyre Smith. The Sixers are the dumbest organization in the NBA six years running. I didn't call a broken foot, but told everybody on draft night they tried too hard. So that's the Tom Robinson message, if you haven't heard. Well, I don't know, Thomas. I I feel for you with your draft-picking 76ers, but uh, come up here uh, north of the border and check out what our franchise is busy doing or not doing and I don't know I think we can uh, I think this year the Raptors can run a pretty close first or second to stupidest organizations in in basketball so I don't know there's a lot of dumb basketball organizations well, out we've there made, yeah but we've the Raptors have made, have only really made two big moves and both of them were colossal blunders as far as I'm concerned but I mean, time will time will tell whether that's true or not. But uh, initial reactions from from most people has been that there maybe wasn't the smartest moves. But we'll see. It's it's all, it, you can sit here and say they're good or they're bad depending on on your perspective. But you've always got to look. If Kawhi Leonard resigns in Toronto, like hypothetically, let's just say he goes there, he loves it, uh, he resigns there. Is it a was it a bad trade? No. No. I think if, no, if he resigns there, it's the brilliant. With, the problem with that is is that there is no way that they can know that or not, and they don't know that. So well, on initially, it's a bad move. Well, neither did the Thunder, know. but they were able to entice Paul George to stay. So it's it's a similar situation. But I will well, agree, but, with TR, I'll Thunder, agree with TR when he comes out and says, you know, this guy hasn't played in a year, we don't know how he is mentally, so maybe the trade wasn't exactly smart. At least Paul George played the year before. Well, and the Thunder also had a few pieces in place already, too. Toronto traded away their piece for this guy. That's true. So, he better... I don't don't know what Toronto did. I would have rather kept DeRozan for the multiple years, but... They yeah, think they I mean, he, he better perform, or they better get some kind of return for him, or that's gonna that's gonna go down as one of the bigger goofs in uh, not modern history because there's been some bigger goofs than that one, but it's gonna go down as a fairly yeah, big blunder. I think, anyway. uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the trade uh, Minnesota made to get rid of Garnett to Boston was a bigger goof than that. So that one was pretty yeah, bad. They had to do uh, something. I mean, that guy that guy had waited his whole life to play for a real NBA franchise, so. Uh, you. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll yeah, say sorry, this. About sorry, it. He, fans. Uh, Garnett was up front about it. He said he wanted to leave, and he didn't hold his hostage like some assholes in L.A. would do. Um, but that trade, it ended up being one of the most ridiculous really? in NBA history. And it's not because of the Pist- or the Celtics. They, uh, they gave us all kinds of, of stuff, all kinds of picks, all kinds of players. It's just none of them ever amounted to didn't make anything out of it. Nothing. Well, we know we now know though that if you want to make up for those kind of things, all you have to do is just start a school somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just start a school or a scholarship foundation. And that takes or... care of whatever you have done negative. That just wipes it all right out, and and you're good to go. I wonder if the kids uh, make videos called the decision on where they're going to go to school, and they say they're going to take their talent to LeBron's Promise School. <laughs> I'm waiting. No, that's another. I mean, who, who's the next richest guy in the NBA? Is there another guy who's up at that level for who's been Probably around Durant. for a while? Probably Durant. But maybe Durant. Okay. So does Kevin Durant? Does he uh, does he start up a competing school? 
when they start to fight him and LeBron start fighting over third graders? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would like to announce today to the world and to my friends, I will be attending the LeBron School in Grade Four. <laughs> I commit. I commit to LeBron School. <laughs> LeBron's going grade four. Oh, I would pay money for oh, that. Oh, Lord. Okay, okay here. There's a, there's a serious question I'll ask before we get to the first guest. Okay. Now, um, you, I don't know a whole lot about how uh, high school f- uh, basketball works in the United States compared to up here. Um, where okay. where does LeBron actually live? Where does he actually reside? I believe it would be L.A. now. Okay, yeah, as of right now. I just wondered how his kid was allowed to, because uh, I thought they lived in Cleveland. Well, they lived in Akron for a while. Okay, so just uh, so I just wondered how he so fastly was able to transfer to a school in L.A. and I guess money talks. I think I think LeBron's kids go to an academy. So the the normal rules of high school sports. Well, he just declared for no, he just declared for some school. I saw the it was on the news the other day, and I kind of thought, well, like, don't you have to live there? To if it's an academy, like, uh, then no. I have to assume that that's I have to assume then that that's where LeBron's home is in that neighborhood. Then, or is that not how it works there? It, it's not. Uh, it depends. Uh, if you live in a district down here, you have to go to that school unless you go to a private school or an academy, and a lot of those. A lot of those guys, they go to the private schools, um, like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I, I he went to an academy. Um, kid is going yeah, to a regular school. A lot of them but. go, and a lot of them are recruited to go play basketball and such. Like Huntington Prep here in West Virginia had Gorgie Jang played there. Andrew Wiggins played there. It's a prep college. It's you know. So in other it's, words, it's it's kind of the rich. The rich are rigging the system a tad bit. A little bit. It's just like this sure. is a prep. Fair enough. But no, no, that's how it works. Where you know, this is where the uh, the best like athletes go. They get recruited to go there. It's almost like pre college more than it's high school. If that Fair makes enough. any sense. Yeah. Well, no, right now, well, right now we are joined by our first guest tonight. Here, this is Rod Beard from the Detroit News. He's a Pistons writer. Rod, what's up, buddy? Can you hear us? Yeah, I got you. Hey, what's going on? Hey, not too much. It's just uh, the slow part of the season. We're starting to get some good uh, good motion going with the schedule, parts of the schedule coming out. So everything's good. Yeah, I've been looking forward to the full schedule being released. We'll probably talk about that a little later. But Rod covers the Pistons. How many years have you been covering the, uh, the Pistons, Rod? This is year four on the Pistons. That's awesome. Um and since they made the move to acquire Blake Griffin, um, do you think the Pistons are better off for making that move, or do you think maybe that was a mistake trying to get Blake Griffin? And because they missed the playoffs last year, they didn't really seem to to mesh immediately. Um, what do you think Blake's status is with Detroit so far, as we're looking into I, I year two? I think it's going to be good. I, I, I think it's going to take time for that stuff to mesh, and with him and Reggie Jackson and Drummond. It's not a big three with a capital B and a capital T, but it's a big three where you can uh, can withstand some injuries. If Reggie Jackson gets injured again, Blake can be the main facilitator and the guy who has the ball. If Blake gets injured, you can still run the same Drummond and Jackson 
uh, pick and roll that they had been doing before that, I think it gives them a guy that other defenses are going to have to respect and a, a name that referees are going to look at and say, hey, he gets a star call. Um, those are things that they just haven't had in the past, and I think we'll see a little bit more of that as the season progresses and those guys at least start the season healthy. Okay, Tim, uh, my co-host Tim Dombrovi is filling in for my normal co-host, TR. Um, Tim, he's from up in Canada. You got any questions for Rod? I sure do. Uh, Rod, uh, how do you feel about the uh, Dwayne Casey hiring? Uh, those of us up, uh, up here in Toronto, they were quite uh, surprised that he got the axe. Um, how do you compare him to uh, Mr. Van Gundy? I think they're they're going to be almost night and day. I think uh, that Casey is renowned more for his building player relationships and player development, whereas Van Gundy was more – we looked forward to the time sometimes after a bad game that he'd come out and skewer the players for having a poor performance or not playing good enough defense or not shooting the ball well enough. And I, I think the players are going to respond better in, to, to Casey and the way that he handles them. He's still going to have high expectations. He might not come out and – uh, talk about it as much in the post game, but I think he's going to have uh, that confidence in them, which leads to their performance at times. And just having that closeness, that rapport with his players is going to uh, play out better in their performance and their production. The trouble with Van Gundy's situation though, was that he was the team president and he was the head coach. And so when players had gripes or if they didn't like something, they didn't have anybody else to go to. If you say, Hey, the coach isn't playing me enough or I don't have enough opportunities. The only person you can go to is Dan Van Gundy, the team president. Now with a more traditional structure, you can go and talk to somebody else or you, the coach isn't the final uh, hammer in all of that. There are other pieces of people that you can go and talk to in the front office structure. So do you figure then with the, with the changes they've made, are they, are they going to get into the playoffs this year? I think so, and simply for no other reason, if you just look at Cleveland losing LeBron, obviously, and are they still a top-tier team? Probably not. Um, And just when you slide them out and you move everybody up one spot, uh, the Pistons look to be in that number eight position, and I think it's just going to depend on health. That's the number one thing. Can they be healthy? Uh, Is Reggie Jackson going to miss five games? They can weather through that storm. Is Blake Griffin going to miss a handful of games? They can handle that. But if those guys miss double-digit games, 10, 20 games apiece, that's going to be a, a, more, a bit more problematic. But they might have a little bit better depth to handle some of those injuries this year. I hope so, because well, I, I think the, okay. the, the Pistons are one of those teams for me that uh, they belong. They need to be in the playoffs. They're, I don't know, one of those kind of iconic franchises almost. And I, I like the playoffs a lot more when it's the Celtics and the Pistons and those types of teams. Yeah, and it's cyclical that way, where we've seen the Lakers have been up and down and uh, is last year down, but with LeBron certainly going to be on the upswing a little bit. We've seen the Celtics go through their iterations of up and down. Uh, the Sixers have done the same sort of thing. Your iconic traditional franchises that have won NBA championships over the past 20 years, they're going through a lot of that up and down, and you want to see some of those teams be up again. Well, uh, Rod, they added uh, – the Pistons have added Jose Calderon. Um, they didn't have a lot of big off-season acquisitions um, that would really get the – that would really get you excited. They did get Bruce Brown in the draft as well as Kyrie Thomas. Um, they added Zaza Pachulia, but who knows how much he'll play. 
who are some guys that maybe most people aren't looking at that are going to make an impact for the Pistons this year outside of, you know, Blake and Reggie Jackson and Drummond? I think Reggie Bullock is going to have another strong season. He had a good year shot. Um, I think it was 45, 46% from three last year, which was second in the league. Uh, did play on a two and a half million dollar contract. They're bringing him back on another two and a half million a team option. Uh, so he, he's probably going to start at shooting guard for them. And at six seven, uh, that's some nice size and a nice skill set to bring back. The other guy is Luke Kennard, who's um, who was a rookie last season. Didn't play a lot, um, but played in seventy three games. His minutes are probably going to go up again this year. Those two are going to battle out for a lot of those minutes at shooting guard. And and Kennard, uh had a little injury in summer league and didn't get to play at all but he's another guy they may slide him in at some point guard in the backup role if uh the the schemes dictated or if the lineup dictates it that way um so i I look for those guys as the main two and then uh, they also got glenn robinson the third who was with uh, indiana previously and that's a stanley johnson stopgap uh gives you another athletic guy who can shoot well at 42 percent from three again these are just smaller guys and we saw that with Dwayne casey in the past where going to take some of the unheralded guys off the bench and make them into more productive uh, members of that team and, and give them a little bit more opportunity to produce and to play. Uh, are there any um, any updates on any of the rookies, Thomas or Brown, that uh, may be coming out of summer league that they had really solid summer leagues or the coaches, Dwayne Casey staff, really likes what they're doing? Bruce Brown was always a guy who was really uh, kind of a – hit or miss player in Miami. Thomas had a lot of upside, but went a little uh, later in the draft than most people thought. Uh, is there any rookie updates on those guys as of yet? So those, those two both had strong summer leagues, and Thomas had a little injury toward the end. He missed the last two or three games of summer league. But I think we, sh- we they showed enough there that they'll be solid. There is some skill there, and it's mostly on the defensive end. Uh, in both of their cases, in Brown's case specifically, though, there's the ability to get in there and rebound with some of the taller guys and uh, to penetrate inside and score on the uh, on a drive as well, which you don't see from guys at size 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, you don't see those guys getting in there very much and, and attacking the rim and getting fouled. He did that, and both of them defensively, I mean, it's an intensity that you just didn't see very much of in summer league of guys that are going in there and really trying to lock their guy down. So both of them acquitted themselves well but there just wasn't a lot of firepower and scoring. Again, Luke Kennard was supposed to be the main engine in that summer league squad, and he wasn't able to play, so those guys stepped up and took bigger roles. Gotcha. Tim, do you have anything else you want to ask Rod? No, I think I'm I'm not really familiar with the Pistons because, in all honesty, they it's not a team that pops up on the radar the last couple of years until they got the Griffin trade. But, uh, like I said, I hope they do better and – if they do, well, even if they don't, we can have you back on, and maybe you can uh, let us know how how things are going up there. No, I, I think that's the the feel around the league is that the Pistons are just they're they're teetering around being that number nine, number ten team, and they could go up as high as the five or six seed depending on how that injury piece plays out. But I think that's the most important thing is can they get Reggie Jackson for seventy seventy five games at least, uh, and with Griffin, is he going to slot in there? Uh, and the other thing is, is Andre Drummond shooting three-pointers. That's one of the developments in the offseason. He might be a little bit like Valanchunas if that pans out the way that they think. So just a couple of things to look for. Yeah, the Pistons are more of a grinded-out kind of team, uh, especially with the way they play, especially 
Drummond's more of a classic big man. Griffin can stretch the floor, but um, he's more of a post-up kind of guy. They've always seemed to really like running two bigs like that, especially with Monroe and guys of that nature. Um, trying to – with the Pistons uh, in the East, you think they can – you said that you think you could they could make the playoffs. Um, do you think Reggie Jackson is going to make – uh, a bigger difference and possibly move them up to compete with an Indiana or a Washington or maybe even a uh, a Toronto or a Boston or Philly? No, I, I think it's going to be right in that second tier of teams. It'll be right below the Boston-Philly, maybe right around Washington. Most people have them slotted around that uh, four or five spot. But it, I, I think it just depends on health. Those couple of games, and we saw that last year when you look at the middle of the East, those couple of games matter between where teams are going to be in that five, six, seven slot. And Reggie Jackson is that difference maker. And as much as people want to say that he's overpaid and he doesn't really fit what they're trying to do, he's not a top point guard. It just, there's something in the, the stew that he brings to that Pistons mix that makes them a better team. It's that pick and roll option. He's a good three point shooter when he's out there and he needs to be at a hundred percent health for them to be able to put all of those powers together and, and work that out. Um, and that pick and roll works better with him and, and, and Drummond, him and Griffin, all of those guys. You can have your shooters on the outside when that pick and roll is working. When they're one-dimensional and they can't do that, that starts to pose problems for them. Yeah, and they got Ish Smith. Uh, he, he's a point guard that that's gonna has been the backup before. And the, adding Calderon's leadership as a veteran, he might not play much, but he offers great leadership for the Pistons and – there's just so much this team. They have a, such a high ceiling, but the injury bug seems to bite them. Then they have such a low floor. So they're kind of – they're a team that I like to look at and go, they could end up anywhere. You know, they could be as high as three or as low as 12, depending on how the balls drop. Um, but one thing about Detroit but don't, don't, is – don't discount Dwayne Case. Don't discount uh, Dwayne oh, Casey's addition, though. Again, if, if, if he can build those relationships – then he's going to get more out of those players. We saw over the past couple of years where there were just days they didn't come out. They didn't come ready to play. They didn't come with their minds in the game at all. And you could see that they had mailed it in from the very beginning of the game. I think Casey's going to limit those numbers of games and get them more motivated to come out. And, again, if you're talking about over the course of an 82-game season, if you get four of those games that you get them more energized and plugged in and ready to go – this is a team that can make the playoffs. Even with, with some of the injuries that we talked about, they can overcome some of that just by doing better in the games that they do show up and they do feel like um, they're ready to play from the opening tip. I think Casey's going to help with some of that. How much is the only question? Yeah, I think Casey was the biggest uh, addition they made this offseason. I think that was one of the biggest yeah. moves they yeah. made. You know, everybody talks about free agency signings, but to sign the coach of the year from last season – that's almost invaluable what you're going to get with him. And he's going to have to bring those guys together and get them to jail. I think he can do it. He's he's a great coach. Um, one thing I do want to ask you on a personal note, um, the new Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, how does it compare to the Palace at Auburn Hills? Uh, it, it's very certainly a hockey arena because they're sharing it with the Red Wings. You get that feel when you walk in that it's not an NBA arena. It's just not set up that way. And just a design choice with the red wings, they brought in red seats in that lower level, and that was an issue because when they didn't have the attendance for that, you, you saw red seats very clearly on TV. There are some, some things that are not so great about it, 
But when you go out and you walk on the concourse, it has a really wide concourse. It's a really different design than a lot of other arenas in the NBA. Uh, you can see a lot of very good things. It's uh, restaurants and um, club-level seating, uh, just a bunch of different things that, that make you feel like, hey, this is different. They've changed the game in how they're going to do arenas from now on. And I think you'll see that it has an open air, open market feel on the concourse. And most of the other arenas, you get this closed in, hey, you're in a basement in a dungeon and including in the palace. It felt like you were in this very concrete field basement. Now this is open air and the fans seem to like it a little bit more. But the big thing is uh, the product on the court. Are they going to win? Because that novelty of a new arena wears off after a year and it didn't even take a whole year this year. Now they want to see the wins on the court that translate from that. Yeah, and I loved the Palace at Auburn Hills. That was one. Of the, that was a special arena. A lot of those old arenas have something special about them. Especially, you know, the Palace at Auburn Hills, the Boston Garden. You know, all those old buildings where you can smell the stale popcorn. You know, it's just yeah, a lot of history. Yeah, in those had that buildings. They, will, uh, they may switch the colors to the Pistons colors pretty fast because the Red Wings were stinking it out last year. So maybe they'll get rid of the red seats. Yeah, well, they put seat covers, black seat covers on toward the end of the year, so you, they weren't as notable, and they got a sponsor to pay for it, so it was a win-win for the Pistons. Oh, well, that's not a bad move, then. Got to recoup some of that $862 million that the building cost. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. As you Fair can tell, enough. Tim, you said hockey, and that woke Tim up a little bit. <laughs> he's a, yeah, I got he's a more of a hockey fan than a basketball fan, but uh, does no, a good it, job it, here it, on the show. It's all good. Yeah, well, Rod, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate you. Uh, hadn't had you on in a while. I wanted to touch base and glad we could talk a little Pistons. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on as the season goes on. And, um, you know, uh, quick question that's not Detroit-related. What's the game you're looking forward to the most that's been announced so far, whether it be Martin Luther King Day or Christmas or, or tip-off? Well, I, I think I want to see the Rockets and Warriors. That's the one that – um, because of the way the, the playoffs went and, and Chris Paul getting injured, um, you felt like that might be the one team that might be able to slow Golden State down. And at full strength, I just want to see how all of that mix goes together. And even with the, the additions with Carmelo Anthony and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, how do those things work? Are, are, are we going to see a good preview before we get to the playoffs of both teams with all their players in place? Yeah, I mean, that that's one that everyone's going to have circled. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that Boston-Philly matchup personally just to see, you know, if Gordon Hayward gets back and what he can do on the court when his, uh, when he actually gets a full game in a Celtics uniform to show it. So that's something I'm looking forward to. But the NBA is definitely setting up to be a very interesting season, and I do like that the Bucks got a Christmas game. So I'm pretty cool with that. I'm a uh, Wolves fan, but – you know, I kind of secretly really like that Greek freak guy. He's uh, he's a hell of a player. Oh, we no, he's, he's asked, the real deal. We should ask one more thing. Quick, A quick thing with the NCAA, um, well, whatever that was called that they announced today. Did you uh, you think the NBA is going to have any part of that? With the, yeah, uh, I, I think, they're, I think they're, they were kind of shocked by it. There. And I think they were shocked by it, and they're going to have to put their fingerprints on it. And, again, you, when you're working in concert together, you want to make sure everybody's on board before you step out and make an announcement. It looks like the NCAA didn't do that um, with the NBA and with USA Basketball and all of these other things to, to figure out what is an elite player, who gets to have an agent. Uh, yeah, I think it'll work out, but I think you've just got to make sure 
that it works for everybody? How do we do, who gets an agent, who doesn't get an agent, who gets uh, to participate in some of these camps and who doesn't? Uh, I think it's moving in the right direction because the NCAA, as it was, just wasn't realistic. They didn't have the best interests of everybody at heart when they uh, had made some of the initial rules. These changes are going to move in the closer to the right direction of where they need to be. Fair enough. Well, folks, that's Rod Beard of the Detroit News joining us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Rod, if you'd let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and elsewhere, uh, I'm sure they'd love to keep up with you. Uh, on Twitter, uh, at Detroit or at Det News Rod Beard, D E T N E W S Rod Beard, uh, is where most of my stuff is. So certainly you can come and find me there, or DetroitNews.com is our main website with all of the coverage there. All right, Rod, thank you again for jumping on with us here. We really appreciate it, and you're our man when it comes to the Pistons. And we hope to have you back sooner rather than later, my friend. Anytime, I'm free to thank you. Thank you. Well, Tim, we are joined right now. That was Rod Beard, ladies and gentlemen. Thank him for coming on, and we are joined right now. It is Caller Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Hey, long time there. Jeff, it's been a minute. Probably since the finals. It seems that I way. Yeah, I would think so. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm doing well, actually. While we uh, we we're gonna give it a minute here, I got some bills to pay. Let's go ahead and roll that commercial, and we'll be right back to Tim, Nate, and Jeff talk. We'll be right back. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability. Unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. All right, we got some bills paid, and now we're back. It's Nate, it's Tim, it's Jeff. Ed Bogus is doing cartwheels right now, i got to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, what's well, new they... in the world? What do you, you got anything to, the, in the NBA you want to bring up here while we, while we got you on? Well, um... I guess where we have I haven't talked and you all probably talked about it, but it looks like the Warriors is definitely the team to beat again. I I don't even know what the Ugh. odds are, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd actually like to see that myself. Um, I guess Houston got uh, they're getting Melo right? Who Melo? Yes, I think they are. Yeah, he's yes, he's verbally agreed to a, to a deal at this point. Yeah. Two point four million, I think, is what it's going to end up being. Um, not going to be much. Apparently, the Golden State Warriors right now odds to win the title are at minus one seventy five. 
So <laughs> there's your odds. That's as of June 19th. Boston is at uh, plus 550. Lakers at plus 700. Rockets at plus 750. And then they're giving hardly anybody a chance. Almost everyone else is a... Let's see, I'm looking at Phillies at plus 1,600, Toronto plus 1,800, Oklahoma City plus 4,000, San Antonio plus 66, Utah plus 9,000, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Indiana, Denver, Portland, and Washington are all at plus 10,000. So, you, yeah. you almost have to go put a bet on that, Nate. You almost got to go put 100 bucks down on Minnesota. Put a hundred bucks on Minnesota, and if I win, I guess I get what, uh, what a hundred grand? Maybe yeah. a little more, maybe a million. I'm not even sure. <laughs> ten thousand? You say? Uh, it's plus, plus ten thousand. The bet. I don't. I don't even know how that works. This is when we need Tr on the show. He's a the betting master. He could tell me. But yeah, Golden State. If I had to guess, Golden State, you're going to have to bet a hundred dollars to make fifty, because that's you know everybody's pretty much looking at him saying yeah. Right. That's, with the hockey there, the there seven people took the um, opening odds on uh, Vegas winning the Stanley Cup, and they came yeah. oh so close. They came oh so close. I think it ended up being I think it was like seven hundred thousand dollars or something they would have got if they'd have put down a hundred bucks, but <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't pay out. But close. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, Jeb, we were talking. Uh, yeah, it, it does look like the Warriors are going to be your guys this season, unfortunately. Well, you know, Houston played them so well last year. And, you know, we don't know for sure if they would have won if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt. I mean. I say they would. TR says they wouldn't. So, we've got an ongoing I mean, debate about that. they played amazing there in games four and five when he was playing, you know. So, and they yep. he played about as good as they could have. But uh, it's hard to say, you know. It's, but. You know, the thing is with Melo is that what's always happened uh, whenever he's gone somewhere or been somewhere that, you know, the expectations were kind of high. And, uh, you know, is is it going to be one of those another years, Melo, ah, Melo's gone here. Uh, We know what's going to happen. He's going to bring the team down. Uh, Just the way he plays. I mean, I've always liked Melo, even when he came out of like Syracuse, he won a championship in college. Everybody thought, well, he's going to win four or five championships in the NBA. It just never transpired, you know. And uh, all that's just the way he, you know, the offense is whenever he plays or whatever. So, um, we all think even this good old Canadian boy knows that Carmelo Anthony and the word defense don't go in the same sentence. Unless no, he they don't. Poorly or sucks or sucks at or something like that is in the sentence. So, blowing what I know about the Houston Rockets, offense not really the problem there. Yeah, well, he's going to the really? right place if he doesn't. If they don't really take. So okay, but if he's out on the floor, are they a better team with him out there than they are now? Offensively, maybe, but defensively, certainly not. So. Well, I'd be curious Old to see how it plays out anyway. Yeah. Well, Houston. Good if you score 30 and the guy you're guarding scores 40. <laughs> so, true. true. Houston is a different kind of uh, – they're a different kind of team. They When it comes to defense, everyone says, oh, well, they don't play defense. It's a little different than that. Um, 
they do play defense. However, it's different because of um, they switch everybody. It is very much it, it's a different kind of of defense. If you're a five and you're guarding a five and there's a pick and roll, you got to switch. They switch every player continuously. So, yeah, I, that's just my opinion on it. Well, and and Melo and Melo won't be about, able to keep up. Go ahead. Yeah, they were I'm also say worried about what, what's his what option is he like when they're on when they are on offense. What uh, on offense? How does three? He, yeah, how does it? Okay, so is is Carmelo Anthony going to be happy with being number three? Well, he says as long as he's not coming off the bench, he's happy. They don't have much. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just it just seems like what Jeff said. I mean, every time he's ever went anywhere. There's always been the the expectation that okay now like when he went to New York it was just like okay the Knicks are finally going to the promised land and he couldn't they didn't do anything there I I, I have to me he's kind of uh, it's not individually that he's not a good player because stats are stats but I don't know that he's one of those guys that comes in and makes everybody around him better and. I don't know that he's a team player either, so I guess we'll see how that all works out. Or he might be sitting on the bench quicker than he thinks. I wouldn't be surprised halfway during through the year that Houston either tries to trade him or cut him or something. I would not. I was going to say, they, I guess they always have the option with that, you know, because they're not paying him much. Um, yeah. They always got the option to move him, I guess. Yeah. Somebody would take him. If, if, if somebody I just there. don't know who would want him. That's my that's my issue. It's like he's a proven team killer, he, or maybe not even a team killer, but a, at least a team like he slows he's you down. A, he's not a team enhancer, that's for sure. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't make a team better. Yeah, follow the records. I mean, you, the, the, the numbers speak for themselves. There, I mean, he's not been successful anywhere he's went with all the fanfare. So he's the I, I hate to say this, but it's not as extreme as, but it's close. He's the Terrell, Terrell Owens of the NBA. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, well, he was another guy. Like, like I said, I, I don't, I don't question his talent. He's got plenty of it, but I just don't. Like I said, when we, I mean, we did earlier, Nate. When we, I think like when we did the first show and we talked about it. The last time I was on, anyway, that we just, yeah. I just couldn't see why they wanted him. I, I, I didn't see how it how it really helped them a whole lot. Well, no, granted, he's going to pick up the slack. He's going to pick. So. He's going to pick up the slack where Trevor Ariza left in terms of offense. He's a better offensive player than Trevor Ariza. He's a better he's a better ISO player than Trevor Ariza. He's better in the post than Trevor Ariza, and he's probably a better jump shot. That goes without saying, but his defense doesn't work for Houston because he's not going to be able to switch onto smaller guys. They're going to run right by him, and bigger guys can post him up. He's not going to be able to um, to play at the pace Houston plays at. He's not quick enough. He's uh, he's an ISO player. Melo came along at a time in the NBA right before the game changed majorly. Melo is an ISO ball player, and that's it. 
Kobe Bryant was could run the ball. Kobe Bryant could jump, but Kobe was an ISO player first. But he could do everything else. Uh, Melo's an ISO player, and that's it. He's got to have the ball in his hands to make it happen. He's a one man machine. He would do well in a slow down offense if he had a an offensive style that he could fit in on a team that's going to slow the ball down, going to set a play for him, going to pull four guys to one side of the court and let Melo do his thing. Houston's not that team. Oklahoma City, not that team. He just doesn't he doesn't enhance a team unless that team is built for him to be the number one. And that's just me. And and, and any time though that they've even done that though, it, it hasn't worked. I mean, he spent what, seven years in I mean, New to, York? to win a title to win a title, no, it hasn't. But he has in the East he did make it to to the second round of the playoffs with the Knicks. Uh, he had, he was on a very good Denver team early in his career. Um, but, yeah, in terms of trying to get to – he's never been to a conference final. And he's a good player. He's just never been to a conference final. He's never been to a finals. He may get to a conference final with Houston, maybe. But, to me, they're not beating the Warriors. Losing Ariza, losing Mbamute, they're not better. They're actually They've actually took a step back. And Golden State got better, and all the a lot of the other teams got better. Utah got better. Um, Denver got a, a substantially better. Minnesota is about the same um, in terms of, of better teams. Portland, they're about the same as they were. Um, the Lakers are substantially better. You know, all these teams are getting better, and as far as I'm concerned, Houston got worse. Maybe he should just save it up for a, another run at the Olympic gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the good thing is he, I mean, he does like the gun, and that's what they do. So, I mean, like you said, he likes to slow down, but at the same time, I'm sure, I mean, they're not going to stay on to about putting shots up. You know, they love to shoot, shoot three-pointers, and as many as they can, that or layups. That's what their offense is yeah, I guess if they, if they can find some kind of a balance there, maybe they can. Who knows? But uh, is that like on paper they should be better? What I said, but I, I don't know that they're going to be. But I guess that's kind of the risk you take. And if it doesn't work out, it's not like they're harmed by you know they didn't pay them some ridiculous sum of money or, right. or yeah. give up a bunch of draft picks or anything like that. If they if it doesn't work. They'll dump Thank goodness for the Atlanta Hawks to pick up the slack on payday. Yeah, they'll they'll move on. <laughs> it didn't cost them anything, so yeah, he's not, the risk is the risk is small for 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 uh, Houston anyway. Yeah. So. But yeah, so you know, I, I Jeff, we're glad to have you back on here. It has been a while since yeah. we've had you on, and you're normally a uh, a trivia kind of guy, and you always bring us some sort of of trivia or some sort of questions or, you know, something of that nature. Um, and I think Tim may have something prepared. Tim, you got oh, something? Wow. Well, I got a tiny little bit of something. I, I, got a, I got a trivia question for for Nate, but, I mean, Jeff can, uh, Jeff can help out if he knows. I'm not uh, sure if he does okay. or not. This one, but this one is kind of a, you know, it's a bit of a shot at Nate because you know how I feel about the Timberwolves and your allegiance mm, to said, said squad. Um, all right. Worst loss in Minnesota Timberwolves history. The worst loss? Who to loss? and what was, 
the worst loss in history, and it's it's fairly recent. So you, it's not like it happened back in the '60s or anything. Um, well, we haven't. Was we was, <laughs> we've only been a franchise since 1989. So okay, well, so but still, but but it's it was in the it's like only it's not even ten years old. I don't believe they're their worst beating in franchise history. Oh, I don't remember right offhand. Who too, and any even remote guess at, the, at how bad a beating it was? I know. I think it was by fifty. Uh, was it? Man, I tell you, you, used to have our number. I, I keep wanting to say, was it San Antonio beat us by fifty? No. No. 50, okay, Jeff, you want to try? Fifty's a tad bit high, and fifty's uh, a not... tad bit high, and San Antonio's wrong. Okay. I'm not sure. That's a tough one because, like I said, I don't really follow T-Wolves a whole lot, but I do vaguely remember, though, them getting beat pretty good, though. It was a couple years ago, maybe. (laughs) I remember a lot of years where we got our ass kicked quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised because it's in your fandom. Like, it's not something that happened, like, even 20 years ago. Well, you so, got to remember, I try to block out the uh, the bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, true, but because uh, it, it's only uh, it's only four years old. And it didn't happen in Minnesota. It happened on the road. I'll give you that much. Hmm. See, so did they get beat by like forty, forty-one points? Yeah, a little more than that. Oh, yeah. Less than 50, more than 40. Hmm. Well, there's your window, Nate. Hmm. I don't know. Well, it's not exactly, to be honest, when I first saw it, it really wasn't that, you know, usually bad beatings, you kind of expect the other team to be a powerhouse, but I don't think they were in 2014, so maybe they were just having a bad night, who knows, but... Uh, so, so we get nothing. I got nothing. All right, uh, one hundred and thirty-nine to ninety-one, so Ooh. a forty-eight point margin to the New Orleans Pelicans. Wow. Geez, how do you lose the Pelicans that bad? Well, that was my thought when I saw it was forty-eight. I, I tried to find, I didn't, and I didn't get time. I tried to find like uh, some game stats or something to see what what happened there. Uh, it was in November, so it wasn't like it was late in the season, you know, that it was a, a nothing game. So I'm, I'm not sure about the, the uh, particulars of said game, but 48, pound, 48 points is a pretty good smacking, although not even close to the record. But so cause the record is, I believe, 70, I think, or something like that. But, but yeah, just a little tidbit there for just to rub a little bit of uh, – Salt in the wind. Hmm. Well, I, gee, thanks, you, you, back, thanks well, you, Canadian prick. I'm glad you were here to point I'm that thinking out. You, you should probably get used to it because I'm thinking you might have a – there's a p- potential you might have a pretty long year on your hands this year. You think so? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way. I think we're going to make the playoffs, so uh, – Well, wow, you have to, though. <laughs> You'd love to. You <laughs> I have, have to. to. I'll be honest, if I say you think we're going to make the playoffs, I'd tell you. You should, if you're a fan, that's how you should feel about it. Um, So let's move on. Uh, I'll give you my uh, 
We'll try this out. Jeff should be able to help you with this. Um, I'll give you the player's name. Okay. You tell me where he went to college, if you can. All right. Tell me who drafted him and the teams he's played for. Oh, God. Uh, Okay. None of them are too – Okay, and none of them are too crazy. I tried to keep it. Like, I didn't try to find somebody that had played for like 14 teams, so that you wouldn't okay, well, have to hold. But uh, all right, and these are not, uh, or at least to me, they weren't big names. They were guys I've heard of, but nothing. You know, it's not LeBron James or Kobe or anybody okay. like that. Um, all right, starting off, for, we'll give you an easy one. All right, uh, Derek Favor, Derek Favors. Okay, favors. And these guys all play. They they are all active in the league right now. There's no retired guys either. So okay, favors. Um, I don't know where he went to college. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't remember that. Okay, well that I'll give you that one. Kentucky, maybe. Where would he go? That would be Jeff? I'm not sure, but I, I thought maybe it's a sounds like a Kentucky. Is that right? No. No. Okay. No, um, Tech. Yeah, I have. Went to I have Georgia no. Tech. He went to Georgia Tech. Okay, I didn't Georgia know that. Tech. All right. I thought he had only Draft. played for Utah. I thought Utah drafted, drafted him. No, you would be wrong, sir. Okay, but, uh, I thought he always played for Utah. Drafted by the Nets. Okay, played I didn't know that. Nets, and then to Utah. Okay, I didn't know he played for the Nets. No, I didn't. Either. Okay, well there we go. So we are, so you learned something from the first one. Right. Fair enough. All right, all right. Um, yeah, tough. I didn't. I didn't know that. he played for the Nets. <laughs> all, right. Well, all, right. all facts from me from ESPN. So if it's wrong, no, I'm, hey, I'm not. Here. I'm not calling you wrong. I just, I'd always thought he got drafted. Well, because well, you know. I don't know, sir. So if it's wrong, <laughs> it's it's on ESPN. Um, right, it'll be right. Uh, Tyreek Evans. Oh, God, where did he go to college? I can maybe give you some hints. Jerry Lawler. Okay, so I, he did go to Memphis, didn't he? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, I thought I thought that's where he went. Okay, he went to Memphis. Correct. Sacramento, I, I think, drafted him. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, Sacramento drafted him. He played in Sacramento. Then he he played for New Orleans after that, I believe. That is correct. Then I think he went to Memphis. That is Am incorrect. I right on that? He went back to Sacramento, didn't he? That is correct. Okay, he went back to Sacramento. Then he went to Memphis. That is correct. And now he's in Indiana. Correct, sir. Very, very well. Right. Very well done. Thank you. Not too Thank bad. you. I forgot about him Not going too back bad to at all. Uh, all right. This one, you should, you, this one you may get. Uh, Luke Babbitt. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God. Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt. Jeez, uh, that's a. <laughs> God, what a name. <laughs> I haven't heard uh, that one in a while. Went to college in a state that has no wide men can't jump listeners. Oh, geez, that narrows it down to a couple. Um, where we should, where where we're surprised that we don't have any, considering that going on in that state. You go to Nevada. Nevada, very very good. Wow. Okay. Drafted think, by. 
Did Portland draft him? Didn't Portland draft him? Nate Bush. No, Minnesota drafted him. Minnesota drafted him. Minnesota drafted him. There you go. I we drafted him. And then he went to play for Portland. Correct. Oh, God. Now, after that, I... (laughs) Then things get get a little bit messy. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Damn, I knew I remembered him playing in Portland, um, and I remember Minnesota. It's uh, damn after that. Uh, after that, I don't mentioned have to this. We mentioned this team earlier in the trivia where he went next. He didn't go to Sacramento, did he? No, but he was part. No, he they were part of the. He went to New Orleans. He went. He went to the Pelicans. Correct. And okay. from there, he went somewhere else. Oh shit. Uh, to uh, the land of, uh, let me see if I can, the land of, to, uh, that was going that was going to be the land of multiple championships, but only got a couple. They went to Cleveland. No backup one. <laughs> Miami. He went to Miami. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> then he went. To, then he went to another place. Jesus. Still got two to go. Two to go. God. Wow, he's been the. Journeyman already in the NBA. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised by that. I don't know where the hell he's been. Uh, he went to he all right, he went to Atlanta, and now back to Miami. Shit, I didn't know none of that. <laughs> Luke Babbitt is not a guy I keep up with. <laughs> well, I figured because the Wolves drafted him, you might have known that. Yeah. Uh, once he left Minnesota, uh, I remember Portland, and that's it. <laughs> See, I tried to stay away from uh, Minnesota players because I knew you'd know that. So, well, not necessarily. Thought, <laughs> thought you might get a taste off of, off of that one. Not but, if you bring uh, out like Rashad McCants or somebody like that, then we'd have an issue. All right. So this this one, well, I don't know how you do on this one either. And then I got okay. then I got Point one that's a bit on of three. a I got one that's a bit of a stretch at the end. But uh, uh, okay, Tobias Harris. Hmm. Okay, Tobias Harris. Um, oh, hell, his college is escaping me. Uh, what uh, what what hint can I give you there? That's not too obvious. Don't um, don't tell me. I'm thinking. Don't don't even give me. Well, I'm, a not, hint. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I won't give you one then, you mother. Beep. Don't give me a hint. Uh. Oh God, he went to. Oh God, it's close. I know it's close to here, because he he went there and like very rarely do guys come out of there. Uh, t- yeah, Tennessee. It's not really a basketball. Correct. Tennessee. It's not really a basketball school. More of a football. Okay, place. he went to Tennessee. All right, drafted by. I think Did the Magic drafting. No, no, he he went somewhere oh. before that. Oh. Didn't. Didn't I feel like he got traded on like draft night or something? Uh, oh shit! I think he, he right started with the he started with the Bucks, I believe. That is correct, but was not oh, drafted okay. by them. He wasn't drafted by him, but he started with them. Didn't uh, like I think Charlotte them, drafted him. I think Charlotte drafted him. There you him. go. Very very good, sir. Wow. Uh, so he, went, he went to the Bucks. Then he went to Orlando. I remember. Remember, he spent time in Orlando. That is correct. He played there for a while. 
Has he been anywhere else? He's been two other places. Wow. Oh, if it's two other places, then it's Detroit and then the Clippers. That is correct, sir. Boom! <laughs> Boom! Drop the mic. <laughs> Tobias Nate Harris, bitches. The, Nate Bush for the win. How oh, about wow. that? Yeah. Don't ask me Little how. TR, <laughs> Little TR almost was getting excited there when you were getting those all right. <laughs> Don't trust the process, Nate. Don't trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Uh all right, now I got one. This this one's going to be tough. All right. gonna, I'll give you I'll give you right off the top. More than one college. Okay. And and seven teams. Wow. Ooh, okay. So, so this may or may not break you. Demar right. Carroll. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't say. I told you he wasn't like LeBron James or anything. Nah, I knew it wouldn't be. I went to the school of hard knocks. Two colleges. Shit, I don't even know. I didn't even know he went to college. (laughs) 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 Thought he was just one of those guys that just kind of showed up one day. Well, no, he he did, and he had a really. It's a really interesting story, actually, that he uh, he uh, has. Um, I gotta go back and find it. He has something wrong with him where uh, he, he only had 20 years to uh, to be able to function. Uh, I don't want to say fully, but like at that top performance level. And then whatever it was hmm. he had wrong with him, it's gonna catch up with him. Um, oh man, that sucks. He has a he had a he has a liver disease. Oh God! He'll need a liver transplant, but not for twenty. Probably be able to play and live for twenty years after his diagnosis, which was in '07. So at some point he's gonna. Well, he's got about another got nine years left. Yeah, oh, well, but it's kind of bizarre. They they found it during a during a college uh, during the uh, medical. So he's pretty lucky hmm. actually, or he wouldn't. Uh, if he hadn't played uh, basketball, it would have been one of those things that he probably nobody would have ever found out about. And he just yeah, probably not. He, yeah, and he would have maybe just dropped dead. But but anyway, uh, okay, so you're probably never going to guess. He went to Vanderbilt in Missouri. <laughs> Shit. Who'd have thought yeah, that? Yeah, so, uh, all right, so who drafted him? If you didn't know where he went to college, you're probably not going to get who drafted him either. But Probably not. Uh, but he did. Uh, the team that drafted him, he did, he did play for, so... I know he played for the I know he played for the Hawks for a minute. <laughs> I don't think it was the Hawks though. Yeah, but that's that's that would be team number five. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I got yeah, a one. In... Admittedly, he didn't stay anywhere very long. Admittedly, clearly. Man's only got 20 years uh, to live. He's going to try to play for all 32. I mean, he's only been in the league for, the for been in the league for eight years, and he's working on team number seven. He didn't so get drafted by the. Um, he didn't get drafted by Charlotte, did he? No. Okay. And he never played for them either. Oh, he got drafted, well, there you he go. Got drafted by Memphis. So. Okay, Memphis drafted him. So that gives you, and that gives you team number one. So. Okay, so Memphis was the first one. Um, I feel like the, the first team I recall that man being on, I swear, was was Atlanta, and that's his fifth team. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. He spent, uh, well, see, he's one of those guys. Eh? He, he he spent, or I guess you're never going to get this. He, no. He spent a, a stunning, uh, he spent a stunning five games playing for the Houston Rockets. What, what, what a career. <laughs> then he then he, he put in a, uh, over two seasons, although then he played four games for, oh, that was in Denton. No, that's not the Nuggets. That's, uh, he played four games for the uh, stunning um, the Dakota Wizards. Ah, D-League. In the D-League. Uh, he yeah. did then play four games for the Denver Nuggets, 2011-2012. He then, over two seasons, played 86 games for the Utah Jazz. Okay, I do remember him in Utah went, a little bit. Okay, then he did. He went to Atlanta and over two seasons hey, then it, played 140. It was Atlanta? Then he went to Toronto. Then he went to Toronto, yeah. right? Yeah. Then I think he went to Brooklyn. Then he went to Brooklyn, correct. All right. So you got, the got three of them. All right, I got three There's of them. The, the stunning career of DeMar Carroll, who Jeez. is living proof. Like, I mean, let's be serious about it. I mean, okay, he's played eight years. How much money do you think he's made? And he's obviously amounted to nothing of any consequence. Yeah, I would say anyway. nothing. He was good. He was good in Toronto and Atlanta. He actually had a pretty – his best season ever was actually – statistically was in Brooklyn. He averaged 13 and a half points a game in Brooklyn over 73 games. Well, that's because he's playing in Brooklyn. <laughs> Nobody happens to notice. <laughs> Uh, could be, but but uh, I don't that's, know. The, the, that's the saga of. Uh, and yet, you know, a guy that's uh, he's he's been around the league like that. He's played five four hundred eighty seven games in the league, but he has managed to play fifty seven playoff games. Hmm. Which wow. is quite a bit. Yeah, over it, five years. That that Atlanta team he was on was really good. It was uh, Jeff Teague was on that team. Jamal Crawford, Damari Carroll, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, and they had a good Kyle Korver. They had a good team. Well, he did play. Uh, he did play thirty playoff games in Toronto. Well, I mean, Toronto plays a lot of playoff games. They don't win a lot of them, but yeah, because they, they always are putting everything. To, <laughs> always sending everything to Game Seven all the time. <laughs> Sorry, Toronto fans, being honest. It's tr- it's true. <laughs> all right, I yeah, got I one here not. for. Uh, I got a question for Jeff. All right. I know, Jeff, you're a huge North Car- University of North Carolina fan, right? Yeah, I like Carolina. All right. I know you're a Carolina guy. All right. So, according to Inside Carolina Online, okay, they did a top best North Carolina players to ever play basketball. I mean... All right, they they did a, a top ten list here, and I'm trying to scroll here, um, if it'll if it'll let me, because I'm trying to see the uh, top ten, but the the scrolls being a little annoying right now. So as a Carolina aficionado that I know you are, um, I just wanted to see if you could name the. The top ten Carolina players wow. of all time. That's uh, well, number one. We know who that's going to be. Well, hold on. This yeah. is based on college, not, not, not the NBA. Not what they did okay. after he left. He should still be number one. 
He should still okay. be on the list. He yeah. might not be okay. number one, but he still should be there. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Jordan. Okay. What What number was he? Four. Four. Okay. How about uh, Phil Ford? Phil Ford? Yeah. Let me check here. Phil Ford. Yep, number two. Okay. Wow. Um, okay, I, I know. I know one that should be a slam dunk. I think. Vince Carter. Yeah. Vince Carter. Let me look here. I'm still scrolling through the list. No. Not on the list. Hmm. Yeah, Not I can, in the I, actually, I can. I can think of two based on college, and that's all, I, all I'll have to add to the conversation. Well, you uh, can James you can throw him in there. James Worthy was number ten. James Worthy and Sam Perkins. Sam Perkins was number nine. And that's all I got. Yeah, they were on After the that, I, They were they were on yeah, the that's, yeah. Well, that's back and that's back from when I paid attention to that sort of thing. Yeah. Perkins, no, I don't Perkins know. was nine. Or Worthy was ten. Perkins is nine. I'd say Anton Jameson should be on there probably. Number five. How about uh, Tyler Hansbro? Number one. So yeah. you're missing yeah. number. You're missing number three. If you give up, let me know because some of these go back away. There's got to be at least one of these guys that did nothing in the pros. Yeah. Maybe uh, even more than a few. one. Or Tyler Hansbro. Uh, yeah, Tyler Hansbrough. Uh, Ken- oh. How about Kenny Smith? No, not on the list. Um, hmm. You're missing number three. You are missing number six. How about the... And seven. And uh, eight. I know, I'm trying to think of some guys on the 9-3 team, like Donald Williams. Nope. Um, Okay, when's the last? When's the last? Uh, look, look at, look for championship years if you know them. Yeah. When they these won are, titles. I'm going to be tra- honest. These are old. <laughs> a lot and then of these try guys to pick are the players. There's not these any guys from like 1990 on. No. <laughs> not anymore. If you if you give up, I I understand because these are tougher than I thought they'd be. Okay. Uh, well, I'll give up. <laughs> All right. Number one, Tyler Hansborough. Number two, Phil Ford. All right. Number three, Lenny Rosenbluth. Hmm. Oh, Lenny Rosenbluth. <laughs> yeah, 1954 to 57. Number four, <laughs> Michael Jordan. 57. The Jordan, and then Antoine Jameson, number five. Number six was Charles Scott, 1976 to 70. Then seven was Billy Cunningham from 62 to 65. Eight was Larry Miller from 65 to 68. Then Sam Perkins, then James Worthy. That's for all those Carolina fans out there. I'm not one of those. (laughs) Uh, I got one name in my head, and I'm not even sure if he played for North Carolina. But I think it might have been one of the Sean May. Fuck him. Yeah, he won Player of the Year, I believe, too. One, yeah, one, 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 one,
So now I think he's on the bench coach and helping coach or something. Yeah, I, I don't I don't recall him doing anything in the pro. He was a boss in the NBA. Matter of fact, Sean May ate himself in the mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> he is a big man. Yeah, Sean May could be mistaken for DJ Calvin. <laughs> oh, he's, he's of shock like proportions? He, him, big boy. <laughs> Interesting. Look at his. Did not know look that. at his stats. I can't. I could not stand Sean May. I really couldn't. I never liked him. He played for the Bobcats for three years, and then one year in Sacramento. Career. Let's see. His best season, he averaged eleven point nine points a game with six point seven rebounds. Uh, then after that year, he had three point nine points per game, three point three points per game, and didn't even average a rebound. His career numbers are six point nine points per game, one assist per game, four rebounds per game. And he only played 119 games in his four-year career. Was he one of those guys that they probably they had to put into the contract? You know, you can't weigh more than X amount. Well, if they did, that's it's why he's not in the league. He, they they, they goofed. Too. The number was too big. He found a loophole <laughs> in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't lay off Krispy Kreme. <laughs> well, he, he played with uh, – wasn't that the team – Jeff, you have to refresh me. Refresh me. Wasn't that the team with? Um, was that Rashad McCants's team, or was yeah, that? Bob? They had four yep. guys in the uh, lottery. Yeah, none of them. None of them were worth a damn. Uh, Marvin Williams, uh, McCants, Raymond Felton, and May. Raymond Felton is at least Raymond Felton and um, uh, Williams are still playing. But Williams, <laughs> so. there was higher expectations of him because he was second pick. I believe first or second pick that year. You know, we talk about we always talk about number one picks being busts. There's been some pretty terrible number two picks in the NBA draft. Sam Bowie's biggest because he was taken before Jordan. Well, Sam Bowie comes to mind. That's probably a hundred percent based on that that slot because it's the guy that. Everybody thinks might be good, but isn't the sure isn't that sure thing, right? If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up what? not going first because that's hockey. Hockey's just like that. The number two spot is filled with train wrecks. Well, I found a uh, I found an article on the worst overall number two draft picks. Uh, Darko should be <laughs> up there. Dark, I, I, I'm not be. looking at it yet. Here's some names. The article that should be, should on be there. about him. Should be <laughs> named after him. Sam Bowie should be on the list. Darko Milicic should be on the list. Derek Williams should be on oh, this Lord. list. Jeez. Forgot about him. Ugh. My wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist should be on this list. Second, the guy should be on the list. The Cavs really struggled. They didn't know who to take, Kyrie or Derrick Williams. I wish they took Derrick Williams, damn it. All right, here's some picks. Sam Bowie, 1984, as we called. Oh, here's some I forgot about. Darko Milicic, obviously. Michael Beasley from the Heat. 
In 2008. It was a horrible pick. Oh, flashback here for you. <laughs> Stromiel Swift from the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. God, anybody remember that name? That's a throwback. Uh, yes, even I recognize that name from somewhere. That is a, that is a name. All right, uh, here's hey, another one. one Okay. Oh, there's the one on that li- that I think should be on that list that you and I talked about earlier. I think he is, but Hashim Thabit is on this. Marvin Williams, Jay Williams, and Tim Sean Bradley. Mr. Sean Bradley, yes, from the Philadelphia Seventy Six. Great white hope of seventy six of the Seventy Six. <laughs> oh, I don't like me no Sean Bradley. My daddy doesn't like Sean Bradley either. He said, don't trust no Sean Bradley process. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I think that's the Irish I remember when he was when he was picked. 93. And, and it was just like, because I would have been what? I'd have been 25, and I remember them going. You know, he. You, I saw him on TV, and I went, "Okay, yeah, he's really, really tall." But good lord, like eat a sandwich or something, dude. Like, you know, no, no bill to speak of. And then I watched him, and it was just like this guy's going to be horrible. He was just tall. He went to school. Well, well, he was, high, he he was that school. kind of guy who would have been good in high school. Stand under the basket. We'll throw the ball up in the air. You catch it and drop it in a hoop. But in you know, how good did he did he actually do that well in college, or did he, he just get drafted in size? There was a reason he only played two years. That should give you a hint on where he went to school. All right, um, you're not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that Sean Bradley sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Sean Bradley. <laughs> Jeff. And the school that he goes to, uh, or went to, they have like a two-year missionary type thing. Oh, did he not? Oh, oh yeah. did he not play in a real? He didn't play at a real college, did he? I forgot oh, he yeah, was he uh, a real one. Yeah, I forgot oh, he, he played was a at missionary. BYU. Yes. Yeah, he played. I at forgot BYU about that. Right. Yeah. Forgot that's where he went. Seven foot you six. Know, we talk about, I don't think, was he that tall? He was so it says here. Seven he was six and played for the 76ers. And couldn't. And he probably only averaged squat. seven points and six rebounds. Him and George Nearsome had battles. <laughs> he was that tall and he was that bad. Can, we, can anybody figure that one out? Well, I mean, let's be honest. At seven foot six, unless you are a really rare athlete, that's approaching too tall to be coordinated. You kind of get true. that gangly thing. You kind of get that gangly thing going, whether you want to or not. It's pretty tough to keep arms that long and legs that long going in the same direction that when you're going at full speed. So I got a I got a random question for you guys. One second. That's pretty random. <laughs> My daddy don't like random. Give me a second. I'm counting something. Nate Bush, you stop messing around behind those trees. Your mama's watching. My mama's watching. 
My daddy's watching. You all, okay, I got it now. You guys know how many players, and this includes Anthony Simons from this year, how many players have come straight from high school to the NBA? Hmm. Probably more than a person would think, but most of them probably weren't very successful. Okay, give give us a hint. Uh, double digit, yeah. triple digit. Give us a window. Yeah. Double digit. I'll tell you that double digit, less than fifty. Oh, I was going to say because I was going to say I was going to say two dozen. I was going to go for twenty four. Okay. I was going to say forty two. Close. It's forty five. Forty five. That's quite a few. Forty five. That's a big number. There was a lot of but how, but how many panned out? Right. Well, I'll let you all be the judge. Here they are. Reggie Harding, that was from 62. Um, he was a decent player. Uh, Daryl Dawkins was pretty good. Yes. Bill, God, Bill Wilbur, Willerby. Bill Willerby. Okay, if you don't know how to uh, say it, probably didn't turn out that good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here we go. This is more modern now because there was only three before 1995. And after that, it got really popular. I don't have him on the list. Um, Kevin Garnett, 95. Okay. Kobe Bryant. Fair enough. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal, yeah. Uh, half decent. Gracie McGrady. Blazer. Pretty good. Yeah, the Blazers took O'Neal. Uh, Al Harrington. He was, uh, he was all right. He wasn't that great. Tell you what, I remember Jonathan Bender being a bust. I remember that name. Well, we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rashad Lewis. He was all right. He was a good player for the Magic. When he played for Orlando, he was good. And the, and the Supersonics, he was good. Yeah. Uh, Corleone Young. Anybody? Bueller? No. Corleone Young. Right from the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, not Jonathan Bender. Toronto. Oh, the Raptors. Boy, could they pick him. Yeah, they, Leon, they continue to do so. Leon Smith. Don't yeah. know that name either. Here's you one. Here's you a blast from the past right here. Darius Miles. I remember that oh. name. I know the name, but. All fizzle, no state. Darius isn't there a, a Michael Jordan protege in this list somewhere? Hold on. Oh, let me get there. Up next, right. Deshaun Stevenson. I remember him. Don't know that name. Here you go. Here's your boy. Kwame Brown. Uh, there we go. The great Kwame uh, Brown. The second, uh, the second coming of MJ. I think Tyson Chandler should be around that time period, too. Tyson Chandler. Still waiting. Kwame Brown went number one that year. Tyson Chandler went number two that year. And number four that year, Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. Yep. Jeez Louise. Then, then number eight that year, <laughs> Dasana Diop. Woo. Jeez. What year was that? Uh, <laughs> Dasana Diop. Yeah, he went to Oak Hill Academy. Academy. Yeah. yeah, Cleveland drafted him. Uh, then one more guy. 
Usman Sisi or something. Like that. I don't right. know that name either. Mari Stoudemire. Then, 03, LeBron James. And then the yeah, same, year as LeBron, same year as LeBron James, you had Travis Outlaw, Nadudi um, Ibby, Kendrick Perkins. So can anybody else believe LeBron James and Kendrick Perkins came out the same year? They're the same age. I can't believe that shit saved my life. In Duty Ibby, isn't isn't he like a wasn't he a Timberwolves pick? He was a Timberwolves pick. Boy, can we pick him? <laughs> yeah, you know how you can tell because if you take the three middle letters there, it's dud. Yeah, for real. <laughs> James Lane came out that year as well. The next year, Dwight Howard and Sean Livingston. They were okay play. They, they've been all right. Livingston, yeah, Livingston had some injuries and stuff. Oh, uh, here but, you go. But not you go the, here. But really not the – oh, go ahead. You know, 04 actually had more high school players than I thought. Dwight Howard, Sean Livingston, Robert Swift. Anybody remembers that name? Yeah. Here you go. The bust yeah. of the bust right here. Sebastian Telfair. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a bust. Yeah. Al Jefferson. Uh, here's another guy, Josh Smith. Then right after him, J.R. Smith. And Darrell Wright, all in that year. Wow. That's so high, Here's a few more for you. The next year. Here's the next year. The first pick of the uh, – number six pick of the next year, Portland, Martell Webster. Another guy that spent time in a, a Wolves jersey. He was kind of Andrew short, Bynum. Andrew Bynum. Wow. Gerald Green, who actually ended up probably being the best player of all of them. He played um, the Rock last year, didn't he? For a little while. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a he's a really good player. He plays uh he played for the Rockets for a while. I think he played for the Heat for a while too. And Phoenix. Uh CJ Miles, he spent a little time with Indiana. Uh Ricky Sanchez, I remember that name. Uh, another Monte Ellis. Uh Lou Williams, who's just now hitting his stride thirteen years later. Uh, Andre Blotch and Amir Johnson. Then a couple years ago, we had Satnam Singh, who came out, and Thon Maker, and then this year, Anthony Simons. <laughs> yeah, it seems to me that uh, you got to wonder how many of those guys would have benefited from a year or two of uh, right. college hoops. You also have to wonder how many of those guys would have been exposed after a year or two of college. Well, and and or one has to wonder how many uh, scouts don't know what they're doing. That that many guys who are hyped to that degree were complete and total busts. Some of them were half decent, okay, and you can live with that. But, I mean, there was at least half those games where nobody's – You look at guys like – it's almost a it's almost an all or nothing when you take a guy like that, you know. Okay, but but that talent should be like, you know. Okay, when you think of LeBron James, for instance, or Kobe. Okay, you know you know that the first time that guy hit the court, okay, this guy's going to be damn good, and it was readily apparent. It wasn't like oh yeah maybe. So how did these guys? You know, how did some scouts like? How did they miss that badly with some of these? Well, guys? you gotta remember, Kobe. 
Kobe didn't come out, and uh, he didn't come out, and he didn't get drafted until late. Uh, or not really when late. you're only playing against or eleven. You know, when you're playing against the inferior high school talent, maybe maybe it just looked better than what you really are. He yeah, of course. Yeah, thirteenth, and Charlotte took him, and he refused to yeah, play they, for him. Yeah, I was just laughing because I was looking at I was looking at Kwame Brown there after you mentioned his name. Ooh. I should have put him on the list of things because there's no he played for seven different teams. Uh, he got drafted by um, Charlotte, wasn't it? Well, yeah, uh, Jordan drafted him. Didn't they? Jordan drafted him. I know he spent some time in Charlotte. He spent some time in L.A. He spent some time in Washington. Uh, He played for Philly. Yeah, it might have been the Wizards. Wizards, Lakers, Grizzlies, Pistons, Bobcats, Warriors, 76ers. He had his chances, that's for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, like, you know, after uh, his 11th year of nothingness in the league, what were the Philadelphia 76ers thinking about? Thinking he was seven foot tall, uh, pick the rim. Let's sign a. uh, At that time, he would have been what, eighty two, so ninety two. He'd have been thirty years old. Let's sign a thirty year old Sean Bradley. (laughs) 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 Fine. And what's worse, they signed him to a two year contract worth six million bucks. Oh. And then a typical 76ers fashion, he got hurt. Don't you wish? Don't you wish you could sh- just shit the bed at your job and get paid six million dollars? Like, no. got, pay, got paid uh, six million bucks. Does anybody else just pray that their lawyer just shows up one day and just yeah. goes, "You know what? You're doing just terrible at your job. Here's six million dollars." <laughs> he uh, he tore a hamstring. Two months after uh-huh. he was signed, and was waived, and then tried to make a comeback in uh, 2016 with the in the Big Three League. Oh yeah, the Big Three League. But uh, and actually played in 2017 in the Big Three League. I do have one thing to mention here. We, we did have some NBA news since we've all been sitting around shooting the shit about past players and how shit some players are. Um, Greg Monroe is agreeing to a deal to go to the Raptors, by the way, after the Celtics waived him. And uh, Jimmer for Dead has been flirting with the idea of coming back to the NBA. Wow. So there's a possibility we could see Jimmer back in the league. Yeah, Jimmer so might be Monroe. flirting with it, but is anybody flirting with him? I, I don't know, man. Like Nowadays, it's like Jimmer was a little ahead of his time. Well, just, <laughs> Everyone, no, I'm seriously asking. He may be talking about coming back to the league, but is anybody talking to him? I mean, he's got to have a place to go, right? I'll be honest, the perfect place for him would be Minnesota. We need a guy that can shoot. Why don't they team him up with that other Duke goofball and put him on the same team he's on? Grayson Allen? Yeah. He played Duke. I think he played for the Jazz before. Wasn't that who... Yeah, uh, I think he got drafted by uh, Sacramento. I thought Sacramento okay, was where he played. Sacramento. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, think so. Sure. Does, he have a, does he really have any shot at an NBA career? I mean, if you can shoot the three like that, I'm, I wouldn't see why not. Hey, Jeff, let's, we're going right. to slide, slide John Hold for a second. Is that, okay. is that cool? Yeah. Uh, we, right now, we are being joined by... 
Mr. John Corellis from RedsArmy.com and a contributor at Boston.com. What's up, John? Good to have you back, my friend. I am. I'm okay. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. My normal co-host, TR, was uh, unfortunately called in to do some work this evening. But I got my other co-host, Mr. Tim Dombro over here from up in the great white north in Canada joining me. So we're glad to have you on. Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad to be on. Nice to talk to you guys. Well, I know you've only got about 15 minutes here with us. I know you got to jump off and do another podcast. Busy man, but uh, special thanks <laughs> yeah. to Nick. You got a big, our big fan of our shows, also a big fan of yours. Mr. Nick Hoff was, uh, he requested us to bring you back on. So glad you're on. And uh, Nick, this one's for you, buddy. Glad uh, you could suggest John come <laughs> back here for us. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Nick. <laughs> but um so John we're going to talk a little Boston here for you. Um what's going on up in Boston? They seem to be the favorites right now uh to take the East um with Gordon Hayward and everybody coming back hopefully healthy. What's uh what's the outlook for Boston? I'm guessing it's NBA finals or bust. Well, uh yeah, yeah, I'd say it's it's probably that. I guess it depends on just how healthy Kawhi is and how quickly the Raptors kind of gel putting new players in uh, under a new coach and how that kind of all works out. Uh, I, I still would give the Celtics the advantage. I think the Celtics have a better starting five and obviously a more established head coach, uh, one of the best head coaches around. So I think they probably are the favorites coming into the season and assuming they stay healthy. Yeah, I see them as a 60-win team. I see them as a team that can get to the NBA Finals. From there, I don't know. I mean, obviously the Golden State Warriors are a juggernaut. We all know that. But the Celtics are one team that has given Golden State problems over the, over the years, the past couple of years. And the Celtics do have the right players in the right places that if Golden State is anything less than what they are uh, expected to be, then the Celtics have a shot. So I, I agree that the Celtics are the favorites, and final, finals or bust sounds about right. Okay. Uh, Tim, you got anything you want to ask John? I was kind of wondering, being from Canada, so of course I got the Raptors connection. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you. I think Boston's got Toronto's number coming up for this year. I think the the, the Raptors are kind of a hot mess. Um if Boston is to get to the final, not just uh, with the players, do you see like the coaching and then Mr. Ainge uh, being a bigger part of them getting there? And maybe that's what sets them over the top? Because Lord knows those guys are, they just can't seem to do much wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, last season, basically every move that Danny Ainge made, except for Greg Monroe, who was a buyout, uh, buyout market guy, Everything panned out. Like everything. Now, obviously, now I'm not counting the injuries. They signed Gordon Hayward. He got hurt, but that, I think he'll come back. He'll be fine. Um, they got Daniel Tice. Uh, everybody got hurt. So, but they got Daniel Tice, and he was a, a contributor. They got Shane Larkin, who wasn't even in the NBA. Now he's not in the NBA again, and he was a contributor. Everything that Danny Ainge did worked out very well. Uh, I, I think that Danny Ainge has done basically everything that he needs to do. Now it's on 
the players, and the coaches. And this year, Brad Stevens has a, a challenge unlike any challenge that he's had before. For all of the success, for all of the overachieving, he has never gone into a season as a head coach with a team expected to make a championship run. And last year there was some, some of that, but everything was new. They had turned over all but four players. Now this year, most pundits look at the Celtics and expect them to make it to the finals or at least be one of the, the two or three Eastern teams to compete. So, and the Celtics have a lot of depth. They have a lot of players that deserve shots. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum we saw last year. It was a strong rookie of the year candidate. They all deserve to take 20 shots a game. So does Al Horford, and he's one who's willing to give them up. Jalen Brown is a guy who's getting close to that. But the last year, the teams that took the most shots per game Average somewhere around 88, 89. You're not going to get 20 shots a game for five people and get 100 shots per game for just your starting five. So the stats tell you, that tells you that somebody's going to have to take a back seat. Al Horford certainly is, is one that's, that doesn't feel like he needs to take a bunch of shots to help. Uh, but there are guys who are on the bench. Terry Rozier, who is a starting point guard when the Celtics were making their run, is going to have to take a step back. Marcus Smart is not going to be able to shoot as much, which we're happy about that, but he's not going to be happy about that. Marcus Morris likes to shoot. A lot of guys on this team like to shoot. So the biggest challenge for Brad Stevens, if they are going to make this championship run, is how do you get all of these guys to be happy taking fewer shots? How can the Celtics play? Can they play an up-tempo style that is fast enough that they can go out there and take 90-plus shots per game and get close enough where a guy feels like, all right, I'm giving up two or three shots, but I'm not giving up a ton. I'm not uh, sacrificing a, a contract or any money. So that's, that's now his biggest challenge. He's never had to really face that kind of challenge before. So it's a new test for Brad Stevens, and I know that he's – happy to have a, a problem like that versus who the hell scores. But uh, I, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how he handles that. Uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for the Celtics this year. Okay. I got one quick more question, then I'll turn you back over to Nate. Um, any opinion on the uh, NCAA uh, announcement today and uh, how the NBA might or whether they'll even bother to deal with that uh, well, what I thought was kind of nonsense that <laughs> they spouted out today about. I, I don't think that there's any – it doesn't impact the NBA as much necessarily. It, it does get uh, a little bit of the, uh, I guess, the shady money out of the deal. It's, it's kind of like uh, – I hate to make this comparison, but it is kind of like legalizing a drug. Uh, you get some of like you instead of having your pot dealers on the corner, you have legalized marijuana dispensaries where you can go in and freely partake in something like this. 
This is the elite players that they somehow identify somehow through USA basketball. It's still not 100% clear. The, these players will have an opportunity to actually talk to and hire agents. So that takes the, some of the shadiness away. I don't, I don't know exactly how that's going to impact anything. I think that the NCAA has a, a major, major problem on their hands that they're trying to clear up. But um, I, I, I don't think that it does anything material to funnel anybody new into the NBA. It's, it's nice that what, the players get a chance to What about in regards to, to uh, drafting? When the one uh, look, can... I, think, I think it's going to be – the most positive thing is that the, the kids who are on the fringe are going to have an opportunity – to test and go back to school. You're not giving anything up. And I think that's, that's one of the, the biggest mistakes that, uh, of the past was, okay, a kid can come out, he can try it, uh, as long as he doesn't sign with an agent, but it puts him at a significant disadvantage. If he has an agent, go out there and test the market, and all of a sudden he's not grading out to be a first-round talent, well, then the college, the college gets the guy back. Uh, the, the kid doesn't lose anything. He's gone through the process. He knows what he's got to work on, and then he can go back to school. I'm fine with that. My biggest problem okay. in college is that the, these kids make you – know, NCAA was a billion dollar – it took, took in a billion dollars in revenue last year for the first time, one billion dollars, and these kids can't go out and get a sandwich without getting dinged. So well, that's my biggest problem. Sell a pair of their shoes and get suspended for games. Right, right. Yeah, those poor kids in North Carolina, like – Here's an, who knows how broke some of these kids are. We've all been in college. You got those shoes, and you're like, damn, I can get two grand for this? I, I would do it. Hell yeah, I would do it. Yeah, you so can't really you grand, You're living big. You're living large, man. I just took out a, another loan the other day for my college. I'm in college right now currently. I just started grad school. Um, if anybody would like to purchase a pair of Nate Bush shoes for $2,000, you can reach me <laughs> at the Washington Can't Jump email. Uh, just give me a just give me a, an email and I will gladly sell you whatever you want. So <laughs> I just got the bill. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get that. But uh, back to back to the Celtics real quick before we let John go because I know he's got to run here in a minute. Um, two questions really quick before you go and you can make them quick answers. Terry Rozier, do you think he gets moved here in the offseason? And Robert Williams, what do you think about his uh, troubles so far in the league, and will he be a Celtic for very long? Um, I Okay, I'll start with Terry Rozier. Uh, it depends on what Kyrie Irving does. I've said uh, for a while now the Celtics will not have Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, and Kyrie Irving on the team next season. Can't have all three. They'll have two. And if anything happens with Kyrie and he does somehow decide to leave, which I, I, I don't buy into that, if he does decide to leave, then you can keep Terry Rozier. If you feel like uh, he, you want to do that, uh, that's fine. If, if my thought on that is if they keep Kyrie, if Kyrie re-signs, then I, I don't even expect them to make him a restricted free agent. I think they will just not make him the qualifying offer out of goodwill and they will say, we will make you an unrestricted free agent. We do not have the money to pay you. Thank you for your service. 
they're going to keep him this year. I don't think they're going to trade him away because they need the insurance. We saw it last year. They could really use the insurance. And they're, they'll have to be happy get letting him walk. But they have to keep him in case Kyrie doesn't come back. As for Williams, I think some of the early stuff was funny. Uh, oversleeping for a conference call, missing a plane for practice uh, is kind of hilarious considering all of his problems. And uh, I think that is teachable moment. And I'm not too worried about that. I think he has an opportunity to be pretty good. And the Celtics are a a strong professional organization with uh, very good structure from top to bottom. They are one of the best-run teams in the league. They have stable ownership that does not interfere. They're not worried about paying the tax. They're not looking to move the team. They are very, very happy being owners of the Boston Celtics and and letting Danny Ainge do what he needs to do. We've seen Danny Ainge has made basically all the right moves. We've seen Brad Stevens be a, a such a tremendous coach that he gets more out of players that we, we – um, would I ever expect? And they've got a great group of guys in that locker room that like each other. And Al Horford in a big man mentor who is as level-headed and professional as you can get. If he cannot succeed in that environment, then no one can. That is tailor-made for structure and maturity. And by all accounts, he just needs that structure and to become more mature the Celtics can give him that. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to believe that all he needs is the structure and he can learn to become a professional. And I think he can in Boston. I don't know how good he's going to be, but I think he will stick around for at least his rookie contract. All right. Well, John, thanks for giving us 15 minutes of your time. I know you got another uh, podcast to jump on, but real quick, you could let our listeners know where they could find you and and listen to you then uh you know they'd love to keep up with you so uh let them know where they can find you at yeah well uh i am always on twitter which is at reds army underscore john basketball guys are twitter guys that's that's our social media of choice so find me on twitter there you can uh obviously i'm on redsarmy.com you can find stuff of mine on boston.com uh the Locked On Celtics podcast, the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, I'm I'm all over the place right now. So those are the places you can find me for now. Follow me on Twitter, and I will give you all my future announcements in the next couple of months. Well, folks, thanks, John, for jumping on with us, and we hope to have you back really, really soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good evening, sir. Well, that's John. Jeff is still on the line here. We'll click him over in just a second, but we got nope. one more bill to pay. One more bill oh, to okay, pay, so ahead. let's go ahead and go do ahead that. And then I'll throw my, throw I'm my too over. sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the Internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to wowfreecam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on wowfreecam.com? Motorboat, play the motorboat. You motorboat, son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. Or you could be into two chicks at the same time, man. 
Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. And again, thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and WowFreeCam.com. Thank them so very much for helping us out, making this show happen. All right, Tim, what was you going to say before I accidentally uh, paid a bill there? I was just going to fire out there that, you know, to the people, regular listeners, you know, spread the word and uh, and tell people that the guests that that we get on this show are like the utmost professionals. You can just tell by talking to these guys, you know, for the 10 or 15 minutes that we do, that these guys are like totally immersed in their jobs. Uh, they know their shit back and forth. Uh and when they when they say something or give an opinion, man, that's pretty rock solid. Like these guys are on top of things, and not yeah, too many shows some... are lucky lucky enough to get guests like that. So yeah, we, we've awesome. been very lucky. I, I wrote down a while back the list of guests that we've had on this show, and it was almost two pages long with twelve point font you single know, it's, space. It's not like these guys are some you know. It's not uh, uh, it's not John Corrales who. Uh, who listens to the games on weekends and has an yeah. informed opinion about the Boston Celtics. I mean, this guy is in the mix over there, and he knows what's going on. And when he tells you something about a player or, or Danny Ainge, like when I mentioned Danny Ainge and uh, Brad Stevens, you know, he jumped all over that. He didn't need oh, a yeah. – yeah, he, I mean, he knew exactly what I was talking about, and, and he had an answer, and it was a logical one and, and all the rest. It's just nice to talk to people that are, I mean, and I'm not a basketball aficionado by any stretch, but even I know, okay, I'm, I'm sitting at the feet of people who know a way a lot more than me and I should be listening. Let's put it yeah. That and and we, we're lucky to have guys like that jump on our show. We've had, you know, commentators for NBA teams. We've had announcers, beat writers, uh, in, NBA insiders, ESPN personalities. We, we've had a little mix of everything. Sports Illustrated writers, um, you know, just people that you would think a podcast that's not even a year old would get, but we've been getting them since day one. And, you know, TR and myself and Tim, uh, not to brag, we work our asses off. Um, we all have real lives and we all have things we have to do, but we're also working hard to bring the best possible show we can and to bring guests that know what they're talking about when it comes to basketball. We're only 40 shows in, and we've had some of the best guests anywhere in all of, you know, sports for when it comes to hoops. And uh, if you've got somebody... only going to get better, baby. Only going to get better. And a uh, big thank you to the country of India. Uh, we're now being downloaded in the country of India. So, gracias, India. Uh, I know that doesn't make Jinder sense. Mahal. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> yes, we love gender. Um, but we do want to say, uh, if you're a fan of... What in the world? You're a fan of a fan. Is that me? Jeff fell asleep. I'm sorry. That was me. There he is. Jeff, are you still with us, buddy? Yeah. I don't know what that yeah, was. I just, I just wanted to say one thing real quick. If you have somebody you want on the show in terms of... a uh, a professional, a guest, uh, Nick, 
Nick Hoff is a big John Corrales fan. He listens to the show. He's in contact yeah, we, with the show. Um, we and should have he mentioned said, hey, to John that. Bring... Uh... Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, he Go said, ahead. hey, can you bring John back on? You haven't had him on in a while. I'd love to hear him on your show. I reach out, and John came on. So if you got anybody that you'd like to hear on the show sometime, just drop us a tweet, send a message, let us know. We'll try and get him on the show for you. We should have mentioned to John that he can say like Kobe Bryant yeah. or some yeah. shit like we should that. Have mentioned to John though that he can drop that uh, team of security he's got to checking all those packages from Nick Hoff that they're all okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no. He might be a little crazy, but you know, he's not that kind of crazy. So he's not stalker killer. Uh, what's the stuff they put in the envelopes to poison people? Anthrax. Yeah, it could be. Fair enough. We'll go with Anthrax. He, he, he's not sending you that kind of mail. <laughs> nah. But uh, so we still got Jeff with us here. It's good to uh, good to have Jeff on here. It's been a minute. Um, I was going to say uh, what the guy was speaking on a while ago. I've always felt like that college uh, athletes might be good to see if the NCAA could get them some type of stipend per week or per month, some type of like maybe hundred to hundred fifty dollars. A week for each. Uh, I don't know if they would ever do that, but yeah, I, think I, that would be I agree, and I think I, they should take it further. I think they should give them a reason to stay in school. You know, they all run for the for the money, and I, I get that, especially because a lot of them come from economic backgrounds where that money is, well, yes, is. Like, you know, out of this world money. But I, I think it would serve the NBA and the NCAA and the kids and players if they, the majority of them stayed in the school for the four years and got their college degrees and uh, had something to fall back on when basketball goes away because you're not all going to be LeBron James and have, you know, $300 million when you're done playing basketball or, or whatever god-awful amount he may have by the time he's finished. But uh, well, I think it'd be, I think play, it'd be good for NCAA play. basketball. Rivalries and all that crow, and people want to watch that more. Uh, I think it'd be good for everybody. Just my Let me play devil's advocate. Um, this is just me thinking. As I'm currently a college student, I just started uh, my first year of pharmacy school, trying to earn my doctorate degree and all that. And I know it's how difficult it is, and it's very tough. And it's one of those things where I'm doing it to basically better myself and have a good life for me and my son and my, my fiance. And, but if I'm in college for a year, my freshman year of college, I'm 18 years old and I'm an athlete and I'm a good athlete. And I, even I knew the value of an education and somebody told me. No, you broke up on us. You got me. I'm here. Got you now. Okay. If somebody said, "Hey, go play basketball professionally overseas and or, you know, in the NBA." And they're going to pay you over 10 years time. Uh you'll make, you know, even if you just make the minimum over 10 years, you've made millions, you know? And then it's like, "Well, hell, I can play a game I love and I don't even have to be the best at it in the world. If I am the best at it, I'm going to make millions and I'm going to make be famous and rich." And I'm going to make a lot of money. Now, an education is very valuable, and it's something that everyone should strive to get. But does LeBron James regret not going to college? I don't think he does. 
Now, a lot of those guys we named earlier that came straight from high school, they probably regret it. They probably should have went to college. But, you know, you take a chance on yourself, and if you know how to manage money at least a little bit, I don't know, man. I'm just saying oh, no, if somebody I don't, like that I don't at blame them for doing it. If somebody offers that much money at 18, I'm going to take it. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's why I'm saying I think the NCAA, if they did more in the sense of, okay, that those kids don't feel like – because right now, let's be honest, they're cash cows. The the NCAA milks sports for every penny it can get and tries to to make it look like, oh, well, we we offer – scholarships and we put the money back into the programs and all that but i mean yeah no you're not pumping that kind of money back into the programs that's a joke when uh you see stadiums that you know football games or even basketball games where 20,000 or 70,000 for football are packed in week after week after week and a guy is getting uh you know like what happened there where you're getting suspended for five games because he sold a pair of shoes for a couple hundred bucks I mean, something's wrong with that system. I don't know what the fix is, but maybe they should. Maybe if you play NCAA sports instead of getting a full scholarship, maybe you should get paid. You know, maybe it's not the millions of the pros, but maybe you should get. They should work out some kind of formula for some kind of a wage. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it's broken right now. I know that. I will agree that they give a scholarship and you're getting to go to school for free and it's an edu- free education, and I've always agreed with that. However, if you're an athlete and the program's making that much money and it's because of you it's and your likeness, you should be getting – oh, it, yeah, I agree. You should be getting compensated in some way. I well, don't think you, you remember need to be- Johnny Football's, like they were selling Johnny Football's jersey number two for Texas A&M, and they didn't have his name on it, but everybody knows good and well that – uh, the NCA did that, and then he, of course, he sued. Uh, uh, he wanted the benefits and all that from it, or whatever. Uh, but well, somebody, uh, somebody sued. Him. Somebody sued. I think it was a. I want to say it's a basketball player, but I could be wrong. Somebody sued like for uh, them using their likeness on uh, EA Sports video. Ed O'Bannon did that. It was yeah, a, a football O'Bannon. game. That's who it was. You know, like stuff like that. I mean, that that is a blatant ripoff of your name and your career or whatever you want to call it. And they should get something for it. Good Lord, wrestlers get paid for it, for crying out loud. One of the, one of the notorious sports slash entertainment business things for not paying uh, properly. And even they get a cut from being in video games. So it sort of makes you wonder. It's broken. Well, it's not on the right. Games, uh, that's all I know. It's not right. On the, on the games, they never use their names. They always use their numbers and yeah, stuff of that nature. We all know that, like, you say, just, like Jeff just said, we all know when number two from Texas A&M comes out on the field and, and he's playing quarterback, we all know who that is. Oh, I know. Not Bill, I it ain't know. Bill Smith. <laughs> or it isn't Armando Martinez for hey, it should be Armando Martinez. It should be Armando Martinez. <laughs> no, Armando starts for the Forty ers Let's get it right. <laughs> well, we are running low on time here. We got about a minute of live show left, and we want to thank our guests, Rod Beard. We want to thank John Carellis, and we want to thank Jeff for calling in. It's been a minute, Jeff, but we're glad you jumped on and had a little trivia fun. Talk. 
Glad you're back, too. Uh, talked about some old players, talked about some bad draft picks, and uh, had a fun little show here. I really enjoyed myself tonight. We didn't talk a lot. of. We talked about modern NBA, but we had some throwback, too. Uh, kind of basically what we do here on Wide Men Can't Jump. It's the Ruby anniversary, the 40th anniversary of Wide Men Can't Jump here, the 40th episode, as we are nearing our one-year anniversary, only three months away from the one-year anniversary of Wide Men Can't Jump. Can you believe it, Tim? A year already? I'm, I'm, I'm gunning for my fourth episode next week. I've already talked to Tom's employers, try to get them to harass him and phone him at all hours so he's really tired and can't make it, so I can do show number four. <laughs> Tim, you've been great every time we've had you on. And, Jeff, thank you so much for calling in. We hope you can Probably call not. back again soon. Okay. We've missed you. And Ed Barker is going through with he was going through withdrawals. He's glad to have you back. Yeah, and you watch it because uh, if you haven't noticed, I've been hitting people in the in the other shows. You could become part of the fake news, Jeff. Yes, oh, wow. yes, he has. I'll. Uh, <laughs> ugh, it's been something else, but uh, Tim, thanks for filling in. Tr, we know you're working hard, brother. Sure. We know you're listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed it, man. We hope to have Tr back hopefully next week. Hey, like we say here on this show, man, real life comes first. Uh, we got to take care of ourselves and our families, and that's what TR is doing. And uh, where the wide man family completely understands that, and we love TR. Hope he's back within the next week. If not, it'll be me and Tim again next week. Depends on what it is. Episode 41 will be next week. And we want to thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and wowfreecam.com. Big shout-out to everyone for listening out there. 27 countries and counting. Thank you guys so much for downloading the show. We really appreciate you. Our numbers just keep going up every single day. We are blown away by it, and it means a lot. Did you really ever think, Tim, when we started this little venture about a year ago that we'd be where we're at now? I never did. Yeah, I figured by now we'd have give up. People would have paid <laughs> us to go. People would have paid us to quit. I'll tell you this. When I start something, I don't quit for a long, long time. So oh, I'm a pretty stubborn fella. It's going to take a lot of money to get me to quit. Yeah, it's, it's going to take at least it's going to take at least six figures. Us, I'm just going to stay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's going to have to be big money. Seven figures is going to at least before I yeah, walk. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, we're excited to see where the shows keep going. We had a good time tonight. We had some fun. Make sure you check out all the other programming on the Wide Men Radio Network. Uh, Sunday night round table, tables are up. We normally do uh, Tim and Tom show. Uh, Tim and I have been busy, so we haven't had a lot of time to do a show of our own yet, but we've got plenty of shows up. Uh, hockey show will be back soon. Hopefully, Tim. Yeah, it's not Tim. Right on that? Not. And we're going to, we're just around the corner from NCAA football and the NFL are yeah. just screaming. Won't be long. Yep. 30 days till, uh, opening, opening night in the NFL. So be yeah. there. Yes. Yeah, so get, uh, we're get ready for that, Jeff. I know you're an NFL fan more than likely, so you're more than welcome to call into those shows whenever we have them. NFL, NCAA. All right, appreciate the offer. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have some fun though. It's uh, the Wide Men Radio Network here. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeart Radio, anywhere you find podcasts. We're there. Rate the show. Give us a five star review. Let us know how we did. Share the show. Uh, if we tweet it out, retweet it. Let everybody know where we're at. Suggest some guests for us. Let us know. Not that we're running low on guests or anything. I'm just saying if you want to hear somebody in particular, let us know. If you want to hear any particular teams, 
that we haven't talked about yet. I have a feeling that we're going to hit one next week we haven't even talked about in a uh, since uh, since the beginning of the show. I don't think we've talked to somebody from this area, and I've got a contact now. So hopefully we'll have somebody on here soon that'll be talking about a team that we don't ever talk about nice. hardly. No, so, uh, it'll be good for that. Nice. Yeah. So uh, for I'm Nate. He's Tim. He's Jeff. Hey, Tim. Once you have mini TR, take us home. Oh, I was going to do that anyway. My my daddy said, trust the process. Peace. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise. Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, Rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. <laughs>